Company Cam saves contractors an hour a day every day. Here's how. Smart contractors snap photos before, during, and after every job. With Company Cam, it's never been easier to document your work, show your progress, or make sure you have evidence of pre-existing damage. All of those photos are stored in the cloud and not on your phone, and they're organized by project location. Don't worry about storage limits. With Company Cam, you can store as many photos as you want. Plus, all your photos are synced instantly to everyone on your cruise with the app. You can even comment and tag other users directly on a photo or project. Within Company Cam, you'll have an extensive photo library that allows you to quickly create PDF photo reports, share progress with clients, or make slick before and after images to share on social media. Stop driving job site to job site or texting and emailing photos. Know what's happening across your business. Get started for free today. Welcome to The Successful Contractor, powered by Success Group International, a show for residential contractors about residential contractors. We chronicle business journeys, share insights, and celebrate successes in this wonderful industry. I'm your host, Bob Houchin. Hello there, SGI family and other contractor friends. I'm so thankful you're here. As a reminder, all episodes of The Successful Contractor Show are available on YouTube as well as your podcast player of choice. Also, if you're a non-member interested in learning more about SGI and how we can help your business grow both on the top and bottom line while becoming part of the contracting industry's largest network of contractors, we're having Profit Day seminars in my hometown, St. Louis, Missouri, Lansing, Michigan, Atlanta, Georgia, Little Rock, Arkansas, Nashville, Tennessee, and Salt Lake City, Utah. Give us a call at 866-299-8505 to attend. SGI members in those markets, if you'd like to come and share with everyone your experiences with the group, give your coach a call. We'd greatly appreciate your help. Today shows a great discussion I had with Daniel Smith of Asbury Electric in Gloucester, Virginia. Daniel has a great story. He's one of those people who's been chasing success his whole life, and now he's found it. Uh, he's held a bevy of jobs over the year. Head chef, union electrician, timeshare salesperson, owned an Amway business, ran a crane company, and sold water treatments. Uh, eventually, it led him to starting Asbury Electric in 2010. It was a tough go. He started the business from scratch. He was mostly working for contractors. He dealt with that same old song and dance so many of you uh, know. You know, GCs paid late, didn't pay at all. Once it did pay, beat him up over his price. Uh, Daniel was frustrated. He found out about SGI through another SGI member, Derek Warstel of Pyramid Roofing. Thanks, Derek and Dan, two tremendous people. Uh, he made it to a profit day with his father-in-law, and he joined. About five years later, life looks drastically different for Daniel. As you'll hear, he says, sales are 50% higher with the same amount of tax and profit is 1,000% higher. I don't know quite about that, but it is much higher. Uh, and Daniel has huge aspirations as he'll outline for us. This is a, a great podcast just for Daniel's story alone, but he drops some really good nuggets too that I think uh, many of you will find interesting. He talks about a KPI he created, which tracks how well his technicians build options and write them more specifically, how they use value building language. Uh, he talks about how they have over 600 club members, which I think is a huge number for an electrical only business. So he goes into how they sell those. Uh, he explains how he keeps his material percentage around 12%. He talks about why he switched to service line from service Titan and how it's been a better value for him. And he shares some interesting insight into how he recently switched to piece rate as a pay structure and what it's done for his technicians and for his business. So without further ado, here's Daniel Smith of Asbury Electric in Gloucester, Virginia. I hope you enjoy it and take away a nugget or two. 
Daniel, thank you so much for being on the show today. Super excited to have you. Uh, for those who haven't had the pleasure of meeting you in person, can you share with everyone your name, your company name, and where you're located? Uh, Daniel Smith. I own Asbury Electric. Asbury is my middle name, and I'm based out of Gloucester, Virginia. Gloucester. Well, good. You answered my first question. I was going to ask about where, where Asbury came, so that's your middle name. That's a unique middle name. Is there any uh, meaning behind it? It's my mom's maiden name. And oh, nice. uh, he grew up in West Virginia. There's a huge Asbury clan up there. Uh -huh. and so that's where it came from. Oh, that's cool. I like that. Uh, well, we're talking for a very good reason. You had a great year last year. Maybe kind of share with everyone what you did in terms of revenue and any other kind of numbers you feel comfortable sharing. Uh, revenue, we did right around 1.6. Um, and we, uh, we had a net profit right around 10%. Mm -hmm. Gross margin, 62%. Um, we did do a lot of reinvestment last year. We bought right. two new vehicles and set them up from scratch. Um, yeah. You know, we purchased all custom shelving and and bins and, you know, $20,000 worth of material. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm glad you could find a vehicle. That's all I feel like I see on our internal Facebook pages. Where'd you find? We're looking for this. We're looking for this vehicle, this type of vehicle. It's hard. It's hard these days. Oh yeah, we actually purchased an extra one just in case because it's always good to have one extra, sure. you know. Sure. And so I'm really glad that we did that because yeah. if we had to try to buy another one last year, it would have been really oh, difficult at the end of yeah. the year. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard people flying and driving across country with tr <laughs> with trucks and vans because that's what you know that's what they got to do right now. Yeah. Uh, so how many service vehicles are you running? Uh, we're running six right now. We have seven. Nice. Um, we had uh, one person that was working out of the office go back into a truck. Okay. Um, and we had one guy last year who was uh, had a huge surgery, and so he was out for a few months, and then he just got recently put back into a truck. Okay. Now, this one that was in the office, what was he doing in the office and then decided to call? Is he like a service manager of some sort, or what, what was he doing? Yeah, he was, he was uh, we were training him to be the service manager. Um, we had a couple of new technicians that we thought we were going to trans, you know, be able to train up and have them in trucks, but they didn't work out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Hey, that happens. That's why you got to keep uh, recruiting, 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 right? That's all we ever talk about. I feel like. Oh yeah. I think that the best thing to do, and this is just my opinion. I know that there's a lot of opinions out there, <laughs> uh, but just from seeing what we've seen, training somebody from scratch in my opinion, is the best way to go. We have one, two, three, uh, four technicians that we trained ourselves. Is that right? From scratch. Okay. Out now, of, what's out of six? What is the licensing requirement in Virginia? Can they work under your license, or do they have to be individually licensed? They work under my license. Okay, so that makes it a. That's uh, every market, every city, every state. I feel like it's got a little different, you know. So I always have to ask because some people want to know how do you turn around tech so fast. But yeah, but we'll get it into makes that. Training. Easier on our end, but it also makes it harder because you have got other companies who are training guys and they're not doing well at what oh, they're sure. training them. So sure. We've experienced people saying, "Yeah, I can. I'm an electrician, but no, you're really uh, you 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 got some work to do." Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, and I, I, I want to be sure to ask you how you, you know, how you test them out and figure that kind of stuff out. But I, before we we get too deep into that, let's let's talk about uh, the rest of your team. So you've got you said uh, 
six trucks, so six techs. Do you have uh, any apprentices rolling with them or no right now? We have three apprentices. Three apprentices. That's excellent. Excellent. Um, and then how about inside the office there with you? Who's uh, who's working with you? We have uh, one CSR, one dispatcher, and then we have one person who runs the financial department with the, we call it the pit crew, which is material management, and then one one guy who does basically parts running and gathering. Right. I like it. All right. I'm going to get that down so it helps me ask questions later. Um, all right. Excellent. Well, before we dig too deep into business, I... As everyone knows, I love to hear learn people's stories. I think it, it so much can be learned from that. So let's let's dig in yours a little bit, Daniel. How did you get into the electrical industry? What 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 made you veer in this direction? Hmm. Uh, I was a, a chef actually on the road. Really? To be a chef. Yeah. And uh, my first job was uh, not a great job, and we were serving. I was right off the bat head chef of this restaurant, and we were serving um, over 10,000 people in a day. Holy cow. Yeah. And you rolled in as the head chef right away? Like right out of, did you go to culinary school or did you just learn from the, you I know? went to culinary school. I, there were three wow. actually. And the two others uh, had been there for, you know, 15 years each. And, um, and I just remember all of the hard, <laughs> it was hard, man. Stressful yeah. and, and, I had to prepare all of the main dishes for, um, you know, all those people. And I looked at the other two who had been there for so long, and I think they were making like $15 an hour or something like that. Oh, and I said, yeah, no, this, this is a not for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, good I had fast. a good friend of mine's dad was a elevator um, installer. Okay. For Otis. And so they're union, and, and he said, you know, they're talking about trying to find apprentices at the place I'm at. He said, you ought to come and check it out. Okay. So I went there, um, drove like two hours to get there mm. and, and fill it out, uh, tried to fill out an application. And they said, you can't do that here. We're union. You have to go to Richmond. So oh, they sent me to Richmond, and then Richmond sent me to Newport News. And then oh. uh, finally I got in after like just grilling them yeah and, and that's where it started holy cow all right and so um so talk about your journey what was the first couple jobs you had what kind of work were you doing uh, around here the biggest uh employer is the shipyard okay so sure. i worked in the shipyard um throughout a good portion of my apprenticeship mm -hmm. um, did all industrial very little commercial mm -hmm. and um i got my journeyman's uh i think a year after that i got my master's and um and then a lot of craziness happened mm -hmm. uh, with the union and i i, I lost my job uh oh, because wow. i <laughs> that's it's it's a crazy story i won't go into it but if you ever want to know let me know <laughs> i'll get you an expo but over a drink, yeah. You'll it'll blow you away. Um, and and then finally we went. I went to uh, got a job running a crane uh, company. Uh, in the middle there, I actually did some timeshares sales. Oh, interesting. Yeah, uh, I I owned my own uh, little uh, Amway business for a little while. 
Um, <clears throat> and then finally at the at the crane company, that was around 2008 timeframe, you know, and the market wasn't doing really well. Sure. And so they were letting people go um, and and they hadn't delivered on a lot of promises they made to me. And yeah. so um, they were getting ready to make me let go one of the guys that uh, was working for me. Um, and he had like nine kids. Oh, wow. I, I had been wanting to start my own thing for a while. And so I said, you know, if I leave, then they can't get rid of him. <laughs> <laughs> so um, <clears throat> I said, you know, it's time. I, I quit my job there. I, I took a job where I, it was 100% commission sales hmm. for a water treatment company. Okay. And I had a little bit of money saved and I was dating my wife at the time and I said, let's get married. So uh, I left my job. I, I got married to my wife and I moved to um, Gloucester all in about 30 days oh. and started my own company um, with no guarantee of income. Yeah. Because yeah. I went to a 100% commission job. And I had no customers, Holy so <laughs> I, you know they talk about burning bridges. I did. I, I burned every single one, and I I just knew that that's what I needed to do to um, really push myself to yeah. make it happen. Yeah. And, uh, and it was a hard road, but man, God had me the whole step of the you know every step of the way. Sure. So so how do we get from water treatment to to electrical then? Um, so yeah, the, it was a friend of mine. He's like, you know, you can come, I, you can come work for me. I know you're going to do well and you can still do your electrical. Okay. Every once in a while we have, uh, circuits that need to be run for these water treatment systems. Uh, okay. Okay. And so I was like, yeah. And then I was horrible at doing water treatment sales. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, you're like, I got to eat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. they were, they, I was an outside salesperson, so I had to go knock on doors and yeah. ask people if I could tr test their water. I would get like $20 for every test I did. Oh boy. And, and so, and then after I show them, you know, the results, then I would say, so can, would you like to have a, a new system to treat this water, you know? And, and so those systems were right around two thousand dollars. If you don't have the, if you didn't know that you had a need from the very beginning, and you're just, you know, answering the, the door to somebody, you know, <laughs> it's hard to overcome that. And so sure. I, I didn't do really well. They they did send me some leads every once in a while, I think, because they felt sorry for me. So I did make enough sales there to to um, you know provide for the family a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But then they also said, you know, we we got these other ones where we need to get these these outlets put in. So I would do those, and and at the same time I had time because you know you you set up your own schedule when you're doing outside sales. Sure. Um, and so I would go meet uh, other business owners in the area and just mm. do networking and try to build it at the same time. And finally, by you know within about a year, I had enough customers to where I could, I, I was able to quit the water treatment company okay. and, um, and, and do the business full time. Okay. What year was that? That was 2010. 
2010. So we've a little over a decade now. So, all right. So it sounds like most of the business you were doing then were, was just like, you know, like commercial, just a little business work, helping small business owners out, stuff like that. Or were you doing some residential? When did that start kind of sprinkling in? So my first customer, uh, besides the water treatment company as Asbury Electric, was a lady that I met at a at a networking event, and she said, "I don't need an electrician, but I need someone that can do some landscaping." And okay. I said, "I can I can do landscaping." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you make it happen, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then that turned into, you know, can I get some fans put up? You know, <clears throat> um, and yeah, it, it was a lot of like commercial. I I did my the guy who rented me a house, my first house, he, uh, he was a contractor. And so he said, you know, I've been looking for an electrician and, you know, why don't you come take a look at some of the stuff I have? So I started work for him. I had a friend that had a contracting business and I started doing some work for him. He was a master electrician. And so he knew I was a master and he felt comfortable with me. Sure work and so a lot of it was commercial I had a really hard time trying to get um you know clients on my own because I yeah. was so new sure 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 yeah I mean you didn't buy a book of business or anything you didn't buy anyone out you were just yeah. uh, scrapping so yeah. um so did uh did, I mean did it eventually lead to working for some friends and family or or when did the the res did residential really start happening after you met up with us so the um yeah before i met sgi the my biggest way of getting clients was bni so yeah. i joined a bni group and i found a contractor in there and I, that's all i wanted what at that the time contractor work. yeah because it's easy to get a lot of work that way yeah. yeah um and so i had a few contractors that i worked for and and then any customers that i dealt with through them I would, they would pick up and call me sometimes after that I finished the job, you know, so those are really all the clients I could get. Sure. From that. And then um, I was just so sick and tired of those remodel jobs and those mm. new, new construction jobs. And they're always, you know, telling you that you have to be there tomorrow and they want you to do it for cheaper than you did the last one. And, you know, yeah. if there was a change order, they didn't want to pay you or right. they you too, you know, it'd take two, two months to pay you, uh, on work you had done. And I, I remember one, one time we did this remodel and this, and they changed everything on me. And, um, and so I said, okay, no problem. I can fix all that. Uh, it's going to cost this much. No, I, I don't know. It wasn't a lot, maybe a thousand dollars or something like yeah. that, but it was a lot to me at that time. Of course. And, and the job finished and I went to the, to the contractor and I said, okay, here's the, the bill. And he said, no, that's too much. We're not going to pay you on yeah. that. And so I was just like, there's got to be a w better way. I can't, you know, yeah. I can't yeah. keep on dealing with this. Um, and that guy was really well known, really big. And, and I just couldn't believe it. Yeah. Well, that's um, how. I, <laughs> anybody. I, yeah. I had <laughs> dreams that, you know, I knew that I wanted to have some kind of maintenance plan like the HVAC companies had mm -hmm. with a subscription base because I just knew that was the way to go. I didn't know how to do it. Um, and, and, and how could that be a benefit for 
the customer, what are sure. some things that I could put in that that would be benefit for the customer. And so I was going on vacation with my family to North Carolina and uh, and some SGI called me and said, we have a profit day. It was right in the middle of my vacation. I said, I'll be there. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, you were ready for something. You were ready I for was something. so hungry, man. Uh, yeah. The person actually told me about SGI was uh, Derek Warstel with oh. uh, Pyramid Roofing. Is that right? Yeah. Now, how do he you know Derek? My group. Oh my gosh, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. And so we we met, and I and he said, Daniel, do you really want to grow? And I said, you you don't know how bad you know I want to grow. He says, well, if you really want to grow, you should come check this out. Um, these guys really know what they're doing and we're doing it. And I knew that if a, if a company who's got, you know, 20 some trucks is telling me to go check something out, yeah. I should listen. Yeah. And so we got it scheduled. I actually went on vacation, took a plane back on, on that day to go to the profit day, had my father-in-law pick me up. And, um, he's like, so what do you, what do you think? What are you trying to get out of this? I said, I don't know, Fred. I, they won't even tell me how much it costs. <laughs> so I know I know it's going to be a hefty amount. Yeah. So, uh, I said, I don't know how much it costs. I don't care how much it costs, but we're going to do it. And yeah. so I've got to do something because I can't keep going on like this. Yeah. And, and so he took me to the profit day. We looked at it. He goes, what do you think? I said, I told you we're doing it. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. What did you hear? So this was your father. What, what did your father, what's your father-in-law's background? What, what, what kind of business did he work in or what's his background? Retired Coast Guard. Okay. So what, what did he think of this whole thing? He's just looking at you a little side-eyed like, oh, oh no. Yeah. Like, he was like so skeptical. Especially <laughs> when we started, <laughs> we started getting into it, man. He's like, I don't know, Daniel, this, you know, it just, it, I don't know if it's going to work. I said, it's He's like, have you looked at enlisting? Have you looked at it? Look at how secure this is. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's in coast guardia right there yeah. uh, oh it's so funny man i you can see some pictures I, my office was in my daughter's bedroom for a while uh -huh. you know and and you know we had all these file cabinets in there and i got a picture because fred was the guy that was answering the phones in that office really for probably at least a year god bless him yeah, I had all three of my girls living in one room, you know, for a while there. Yeah. And, you know, you just do whatever it takes. And right. and so uh <clears throat> we've man, the the growth that we've had since then, that first year, I, I know when I came back from EP, this was in 2017. Okay. I said um I said to the team, I said, "Look guys, we're going to be making some changes." Yeah. I can't remember how many texts I had at the time. It was probably four or five at the time. Mm -hmm. But I said, I'm, we're getting ready to make some changes. And uh, I know it's not going to be easy because you've never done anything like this before. I just want you to, to promise me that you're not going to go anywhere. <laughs> I said, <laughs> yeah. I said, I did, you know, I know it's going to work. I think it's going to be the best for you guys. I know it's going to be better for us. Yeah. So give me six months. If it's not good after six months, then, you know, do, do what you feel like you need to do, but hang in there with me. I promise it's going to be good. Yeah. Um, and they did. Um, some of them aren't with me anymore. Sure. Uh, a good portion of those guys aren't with me anymore. Yeah. I mean, it's five um, years. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but man, it, you know, I, I never showed a profit, never, ever showed a profit in those yeah. days. Um, I'm impressed you knew that. I, most guys, so it's like, well, I just keep an eye on a bank account and as it goes up and down and then it goes really <laughs> down and it goes a little up a little bit, you know, it's that yo-yo effect. Yeah. yeah, and I, it's crazy because we have the same amount of texts that we did then, mm -hmm. you know, and we have a, our revenue is, um, you know, at least 50% higher and our profit is, oh, you know, a thousand percent higher because we yeah. had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's funny. So, so back then you, you had all that contract work. Did you just have a mound of receivables? Did you, did you get paid for? any of the other stuff as you started getting away from that commercial business or did you have to write off a bunch of that? Yeah. You know, things like that are kind of easy to remember. I, I remember, uh, we had at least 40,000 in receivables. Yeah. yeah. Which was good because, you know, as we started collecting that stuff, when we changed the SGI, we used a lot of that money to fund all of the changes that we needed. Yeah. And then, you know, yeah. right as soon as we got from, back from EP, I went up on my prices and. Good. Uh, that was going to be my, my next line of questioning. Some of the changes you, you made. Yeah. That was the first thing. Oh my gosh. And nobody said anything. Um, the uh, contractors, they noticed it first, of course, and yeah. they didn't like it. And I said, yeah, <laughs> sure, I'm sure they didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got to do it. You know, if you want, if you guys want 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 to use me, then this is what you're gonna pay. Good for you. Yeah. And I just stuck to my guns, and 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 a couple of them left right off the bat, and sure. it wasn't it wasn't anything that I missed because they weren't that great anyway. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And the sure. ones that were any good didn't mind paying a little bit extra for a while, and then eventually they're you know the price kept going up, and then they yeah. And and we did that on intentionally. We sure. didn't like double right off the bat but right. something had to happen and so we just kept on creeping it up until we lost all the all the commercial contractors yeah yeah did you uh did you get the straightforward pricing guide going right away did you customize it right away or just use the the kind of the basic one we hand out till people you know fidget with it we stayed with hourly until we got the the straightforward pricing guide we wanted uh the way we wanted at, at that time uh paul riddle was still yeah. running the show and and man i love that guy yeah um and he was um still trying to get the straightforward pricing guy he was switching it over from another way it was of being oh done. yeah i think yeah we did do a revision around that. yeah so yep. we were we were waiting for that revision to come through and as soon as it did then we started um mm -hmm. we, we rolled it out yeah no paul is a great man we miss him um uh, but um all right so so you did the, the the pricing stuff how about the value component like the uniforms and booties or shoot you know floor savers i get in trouble when i say booties floor <laughs> savers mats all that stuff did, did did that come right away as you know as you're increasing your price you want to increase that perceived value so when did yeah, that happen we just did one thing at a time started knocking out one thing at a time i think yep. one of the things that we started doing we got all of our trucks were just vans nothing on them Mm -hmm. So we started putting lettering on those and um, uh, started trying to get stock in there and, and uniforms. Um, yeah. Trying to get the professional look when they, I don't know if they still do it, but back then they gave you 
a, a laundry list of what you needed to do and then you would graduate to the next level where you got to meet the your coach and yeah. so my coach was Sonia and I just was like chomping at the bit because when I was at EP I the table I sat at was Sonia uh -huh. was being trained to be a trainer I guess at that time yeah. And she Miss, might have been new, actually, that five years ago. She might have been new to us, not new to the industry for sure, but new to she us. She was coming from. She was coming from Milestone, or Milestone. still at Milestone. Yeah. And, and Missy was still with Milestone, and she was yeah. coming to be trained. And yeah. John Kukendall, who just joined SGI, yes, he did. Yes, was he also did. at my table. Yeah. Wow, and, uh, you had uh, you had a list of people right there. Dude, it was like this is awesome. You know, I, <laughs> my, my mind was blown. It was. Yeah. I don't know. I, God does things in mysterious ways. And, and I got to go out to dinner with them that night and, um, you know, we'll never forget. It was just an adventure. <laughs> Those Sony three personalities. Yes, it is an adventure. <laughs> uh, but I was, I got to talk to John. John blew my mind, man. He, the way he was telling me the money he was making as a technician, as an, as an electrician, and then to go to HVAC, um, and then also I got to talk to him about, you know, my dream of having this membership, you know, that, that yeah. part really got, got me. And so I'm like, John, how in the world do you, uh, justify charging them every month? What is it that you provide that, that makes it worth their while? He says, oh yeah, you just go in, tighten the connections in the panel, change the batteries in the smoke detectors, put silicone around the boxes on the outside of the house. Um, yeah. and, and he says, yeah, man, they love that stuff. And, and I was just like, oh my gosh, how in the, why, you know, I'm so glad they've already thought all this stuff. You know, it would yeah. have taken me 10 years to figure that out. Yeah. Good grief. Yeah. yeah. That's really funny. So when, when was that? When did you, when was this, was this at EP you said you had this, these discussions or was that a, like a training? That was EP in 2016, the end of 2016. Okay. Very good. All right. All right. So so you're, you know, you're on board, obviously there, you're doing the pricing. Uh, we talked about some of the slow image changes. Uh, when did you, you know, when did you start go going more into the training, you know, in, in uh, learning how to really use the guide so you can present it to homeowners, you know, and, and really sell the value and, and get them to understand, you know, all the steps of the service call that we, that we teach. When did that come? I think I, um, I just did a lot of improvements off the bat yeah. and on, on how we were doing things, but not really coaching them so much on, on everything that I was coached on until I went to um, the service essentials class at on time okay. in Alabama. Oh, nice. So you went to, you went to a, a, you know, Carrie's place. That's good. Yeah. And so again, you know, here my mind is blown again. Cause I look at Terry Carrie's, uh, organization organization. I'm like, this is awesome. You know, yeah. that's actually where we got the idea for our vans, the custom, uh, shelving, putting yeah. all your vans in or all your ladders inside the van mm -hmm. and, and just looking at that whole nother level of sure. quality service. And, right. and so I wanted to steal Carrie's price guide at that time. And I was mm -hmm. like, you know, trying to hide it under my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then I felt bad and I was like, Carrie, can I have this? He's like, nope. 
but I'll send I'll send you one and I was, yeah, I was like say, I'm sorry oh, so, yeah. yeah, you know yeah, yeah. and just to experience the all the guys all the contractors trying to help you out you know any way yeah. they could and Carrie's like that you know oh I, yeah that guy I yeah, have a man crush on Kerry Atkins. <laughs> he's, you know what? He's just as good as they get. He really is. He, he really he's one of the, our, I, I can't, he was either the first round or the second round of ESI members. And he's always been so helpful. And uh, he's just a great dude. He's a, he's, he's, he's our, our talent in those service calls, the, the videos. I'm sure you've seen those where he, he mocks through the, the service calls. I don't know if you haven't, we've got those for those listening. He, he runs through how to run a perfect service call. We shot those just before, the pandemic hit and uh he was like yeah i'll fly to dallas i'll do it i'm like oh man you're awesome because you're you're gonna do it way better than some actor that we have do it so, yeah yeah i mean like I, he put a lot of that stuff together i was just like man this guy he he's he's got it going on man yeah i'm gonna be more like him yeah yeah well you're you're you're, you're getting there you're getting there you know and there's also so many great members it's it makes it fun all right so so the training you started seeing their service essentials um, how about some of the other basics, like answering the phone? Your, your, your father-in-law was answering the phone for a while. What? How did that? How, how did that transition? So did he start learning uh, scripts, or did he, did you hire someone right away? Oh, Sonia could tell you so many stories, man, because she would she would test it out. You know, she'd call me, and she still she'd tell the story out. You know, at at Expo, she says we have one member that he used to answer the phone. And and I was answering the phones that day, and <laughs> I just blew it. And, and she, <laughs> at least you're honest. Yeah, yeah. And and so yeah, we had to. We just took advantage of everything we could. Um, yeah. I don't recall ever having Fred do a telephone essentials class. <laughs> yeah. Um, he drew the uh, line at some point. Yeah, I. <laughs> We had this one property management company that used to use this, and the lady that ran it, she she said, "I like Fred. He's a little salty, but I like you know that's kind of like <laughs> He's a little salty. what do you want?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. I got to meet Fred. He's the star of the show so far. Oh, you would love Fred, man. <sighs> He's a trip. But yeah, we had it all wrong, and and just you know a little bit at a time. We just we listened as much as we could, watched all the videos that we could, and um, and just tried to do a couple things at once. I, yeah. I did later on. I did make the mistake where I just tried to do a lot of things at one time, and that really hurt us. Um, yeah. I mean, you you'll grow, but you kind of grow in the wrong way. Um, and so just focusing on one or two things at a time and getting yep. that right and making yep. sure it's right, really right before you yep. move on to the next thing, mm -hmm. it'll save you a lot of headache. You think it is certain deep when you, when you do too much, some of the details get overlooked and that's where inefficiencies happen and that's where you lose money or, or you're not as profitable as you could have been. Yeah. Well, you know, when you, when you're trying to do a whole bunch of things, it's hard to pay attention to any one thing. Right. And so you know, reinforcement is a big, big deal, especially when you're trying to do something mm -hmm. new. And yeah. so if you're not like just concentrating on one or two things and reinforcing and making sure it's done right over and over and over until it's solid and mm -hmm. you're trying to do a whole bunch of things, you can't, you can't reinforce any of it. It's right. just like, well, this isn't going right now. This isn't going right now. This isn't going right now. Uh, yeah. They're not doing 
doing what I told him to do, you start to get frustrated and, and it's just because you're trying to do too much. They can't yeah. do it all at once. Yeah. Somebody yeah. told me that, you know, whenever you, um, whenever you train a lion, uh, you know, the reason why the lion trainer uses a chair is because when you use the chair with the four feet, it confuses the, the lion. It, ha hmm. it doesn't know which foot to go after these four feet. And so it's kind of the same way with people. They, you can't focus on too much at one time because you really won't focus on any of it. Oh, that's a good nugget. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, because so much of what this is is change management, right? It's mindset management. There's so much of it more than just the nuts and bolts of, of changing the, the organization of your business and how you do business. So, um, no, nah, that's a good. That's a good nugget. Um, how about like some of the other basics that, but they're not ba they're they're basic but hugely important, like safety inspections and and how to to you know to use utilize them and then presenting options based off that. Was that something that happened early on, or did that take take a long time to kind of get those in place? Yeah, we started doing that, um, you know, probably within the first year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, we, the 50 point, we call the, the big sheet, the 50 yeah. point inspection. And then we made our own 10 point inspection. Okay. Um, because I know Sonia told it, she'd like you to do the 50 point on every call. We were having sure. trouble getting the guys to, spend that time because if you do it right it's going to take you at least an hour or more just sure. to do the inspection so if you're trying to build rapport and everything all in that it it just kind of gets a really long and i'm not saying that's not the best way to do it I'm just saying that uh we were getting a lot of pushback from the guys and mm -hmm. we wanted we wanted them to be, feel comfortable to get in and out um if they needed to um, yeah so that 10 point inspection kind of answered that we, we created it ourselves. Now we finally, we have it in duplicate and, um, you know, and I think I probably borrowed some information that I got from a, another contractor, uh, sure. to tweak it and make it better. Um, sure. so that's one of the things, uh, the whole getting the van set up the way we wanted to. Yeah. A really big deal. Yeah. And it also got the guys in, uh, to a better mindset, um, you know, of how to keep their van clean. Right. I don't know if, if you ever experienced it, but if you're running a truck and <clears throat> you're not organized, you end up having like a hundred of one part and none of another part. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and sure. it's all piled up in the middle, you know? Right. So I think that was a huge deal. It made the guys feel a lot more professional and, and of course we did have to weed some people out, you know, they're, you know, when, when I first told them, you know, when you do a panel package, it's got a, it's going to include a disconnect on the outside of the house. Mm -hmm. um, I got some pushback from that. They're like, you don't need a disconnect on the outside of the house. And I said, yeah, you do. How are you going to yeah. turn the power off unless you're right. an electrician? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so, you know, that was just some things that we had to deal with. Um, yeah. Yeah, we we made a whole lot of changes in that first year. Sure, sure. Yeah, you burnt you burned through some stuff. Um, the big thing I haven't asked is 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 the, the additional leads. You're getting away from all these uh, light commercial contractor work, and all of a sudden, you know, we're you're trending more towards residential. Where where did that business come from? Did you sink some money and online, or or did uh, I mean, what'd you do? I tried everything. Yeah. Uh, 
Um, let's see, we tried uh, we tried Yellow Pages, that was dying. Um, we tried, because, uh, you know, my main friend I was telling you that was a contractor and he was a master electrician. He's like, go get a full page ad in the Yellow Pages. <laughs> that worked for me when I was starting out, you know, and it's like, sure. Sure. No, it's not like that. It's over. Hey, we used to roll, we used to give everyone a yellow page ads. That was it when I started, but now it's that's that's the way of the dodo. That stuff's gone. Yeah. Um uh, so the the answer for us became uh home advisor. True. And uh it didn't work like we wanted to. And I don't know, I don't want to say too much about them uh because sure. I I don't want to be a uh, negative, but just to say it simply, we don't use them anymore. Yeah, um, yeah. But at the time, it gave us so many leads. Okay. That it really helped out. Um, <clears throat> and now it's transitioned to, uh, you know, we've been doing television. I've gotten. Uh, oh wow! Okay. Doing tele, I've been on on television with uh, the uh, Coast Live and. Um, and we do a lot of pay-per-click and uh, the Google local services. Um, yeah. And those are our main things. We've been pushing stuff on, on Facebook now, trying to get some stuff from there. But And then OTT is another one that is really big right now. It seems to be working pretty good. And that's just mm -hmm. live stream television, not sure. broadcast. Sure. Yeah, that's the way everything's going, right? I mean, that's... Mm -hmm. Another 10 years, that's probably what everything will be at, at some point. Um, but probably 50% of our calls now come from existing customers. Okay. Yeah, you built it up. I mean, that's that's pretty normal to, for 50% for to happen. Um, what, what do you, what's your marketing budget? What do you set it at, you know, each year? Do you do the 10% or more? I mean, even the, the model is even more than that, but that's always a loose number we throw out. It, it fluctuates. Um, right now, we're right at 10 percent um yeah. but i'd like to go higher but we don't have sure. the technicians uh to yeah. be able to do that it it's different these last couple of years it's it's crazy it's it's like leads is the last thing people struggle with you know that yeah. used to be the only thing we talked about like if we had an expose just on marketing everyone would have been happy how do we find more lead now it's like i I need more people. I forget leads. I got those here. Yeah. I got one in my back pocket. I need, I need people to run them. It's, it's crazy how things have changed. Support for this podcast comes from Owens Corning Air Care Contractor Program. Uncover hidden opportunities and take your HVAC business to the next level with Owens Corning. Owens Corning has done the work to provide you with a turnkey system, sales training to in-home tools with a simple story that practically sells itself. Add duct replacement and attic insulation to your service offering as part of our program and elevate your sales today. For more information, visit owenscorning.com slash retrofit-contractor. PulseM. Improving your online presence just got easier. PulseM is the number one reputation management platform built for home services. Address your customers in real time with industry-leading field management software that makes it easy to ramp up your online presence and increase customer loyalty. We focus on how many reviews your business receives and how much that impacts your bottom line. For more information, text PMSGI to 70402 or visit try.pulseam.me slash partner slash SGI. 
That's texting PMSGI to 70402 or tryplusem dot M-E forward slash P-A-R-T-N-E-R forward slash S-G-I. Welcome back to the show. I'm talking with Daniel Smith of Asbury Electric in Gloucester, Virginia. We've covered a lot so far, mostly Daniel's story, and we have a lot more to go. Uh, Daniel's going to talk about his lead indicators KPI he uses, how to track uh, how well his team writes options. He explains why he debriefs every call himself still. Uh, He talks about what he does for training for his team. He talks about why Service Line was a better choice for him rather than Service Titan. And finally, he gives some great insight into how he switched from a piece rate to a piece rate structure and what that has meant for his business. So let's jump back into my conversation with Daniel Smith of Asbury Electric in Gloucester, Virginia. Let's let's jump around a little bit um, about talk about business business today. Uh, well, first of all, numbers. We talked numbers before we hit record and we started this. And you talked about working with Patty and and kind of understanding, you know, gross margin and, and percentages and maybe, you know, KPIs. We have KPIs we offer members. When did the when did you start educating yourself maybe more and more on that and working with her? Was that was that an early change as well, or has that just come with time? Yeah, right from the beginning. Um, my probably the struggle that I still am, I still have ever since the beginning was trying to find an accountant that will do the books the way I want them done and the way SGI teaches. Um, I mean, we're still, we've, we've gone through four or five and we're right now we're trying to work with a new one. That's why we're waiting on those numbers to come back. Um, We've gone from accountant to bookkeeper to accountant. And, um, and so the, that's why I loved SGI so much about, especially about that is because they taught me how to look at the numbers and, and I can look at the numbers and tell that they're not right, you know, and, and also I can see things that I would never have seen before if I didn't know what it should look like. Right. You know, having that model to look at, even though that model is like a perfect world kind of scenario and it, you're not always going to be right there. Sure. Uh, but you can tell where there's things, there may be an issue and, um, and adjust accordingly. But yeah, the, um, uh, the gross margin, you know, trying to just make sure that certain things fall into certain places and yeah. they're all getting tracked properly. You know, that stuff is, yeah, it's huge. Sure. It's sure. Are you using like the Deemer now or, or how are you monitoring your, your numbers day by day, seeing, you know, making sure average tickets are where they need to be, you know, closing percentages, Club sales. I mean, we didn't even talk about that. We can get into that in a little bit. But, but what are you using to kind of keep an eye on on how everything's progressing day by day? We use the DME every day. Um, right. I review invoices every day. If I'm not reviewing them, you know, if I have the manager reviewing them, um, if uh, and and I also have my own spreadsheet where I track uh, separate from the DME because I want to make sure my numbers are congruent with the person that's putting the numbers in DME, um, back check, a a backup. Um, so I track, you know, closing percentage, average ticket on my end and compared to the DME. And then I also look at lead indicators and lead indicators are, um, 
are what we do upfront that we get the lag measures from. And so mm -hmm. a lag measure is, is your, uh, your closing rate and your average ticket. But those are lag measures and it's hard to change those if you don't know what they're doing up front. And so a lead measure is, you know, I'm, I'm placing bets on what's the most important thing that we can do at the customer's house yeah. to improve our closing rate and average ticket. Interesting. So my two bets are building value and um, giving three options. Yeah. Yeah. So I track a percentage on how often they're doing that. Oh, okay. Okay. And it's so cool how you can say, you know, if you're doing, if you, if, if our top technician in, in regards to lead indicators is building enough value and that's putting value statements in the options. So the customer sees what's included in that. That means yeah. that they talked about it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they're building three options. Whoever's doing that at the highest percentage has the highest closing rate and the highest average ticket. It's funny how that works that way. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I never would I have dreamed to be able to kind of even see that kind of data. Yeah. But to be able to, you know, track it and, and, and make assumptions from it. Yeah. It's just a whole nother level. And I never knew that that was possible. So when you notice that the options aren't being written like they need to be, or, or maybe they're not, you know, they're just not good. Do you address that right away? Is that a phone call to attack or they come, I don't know, do you guys huddle every morning? You just pull, pull somebody aside. How do you kind of rectify it? So it doesn't become a, it becomes a one time or two time thing versus a trend. Well, they debrief with me. Oh, good. So, um, if, if, uh, and I, I want to get away from that. I want to be, a, I want the manager to handle that, but right now yeah. we're just there yet. But, but I'm glad you're doing it because a lot of people don't do it or they yeah. just leave the software to do it. Yeah. Yeah, every call they have to debrief. Matter of fact, I'm sure they're wanting to call me right now. <laughs> yeah. I told them I will, I will call them back after this, and, and they have to go on to the next job. But I created a Google document that changes based on your answers. And so it it, it just goes through the different scenarios in the job. It's It, it may take maybe five minutes to get yeah. And um, and then if it if the answer is not right, then it takes me to you know a co coaching moment that they need to you know this is what I said to them yeah regards to that yeah um, and then if it continues to happen then we have a talk yeah you know after a huddle yeah yeah um, yeah if it's a widespread issue then it's brought up against you know a, before the team at the huddle so yeah. that everybody kind of hears. And then um, we're going to be, because I kind of took over the management position just recently back over, you know, we do invoice reviews Good. And, yeah. Um, yeah. at least once a week. A lot of the stuff I've gotten from all the other guys, you know, Jeff Katz at, uh, at Clinton and West Carver and, you know, yeah. all those guys, they're in, they're in the plot profit platoon. They're actually have a profit platoon today that I, at, at Joe Vosey's. Oh, is that right? That's funny. Yeah. all good guys. But you know, those are all, that's the basics. I mean, that's the system is, is doing the debriefing, right? It adds accountability. If you got to know, you got to call someone and tell them, 
what you did and you know you didn't do the full system you know how we you've been taught to run the call you got to tell somebody and that's not a pleasant discussion so it's just a lot easier to do it right the first you know the first time and not have to deal with the stress and then yeah, everyone yeah. does better you know it's funny how that works yeah and it depends on how often they're doing it if they're doing it often then it gets a little more serious you know sure. look i've told you this over and over right uh, and you should know better by this point now we're having this talk and i'm expecting that it's not going to be this way anymore right right you're going to do it right and, and, and so that, that that goes transitions nicely to, to training right so you taught them up front you know they're not you don't just throw them to the wolves and go figure it out oh and did you do all this stuff it comes with training so what you guys do daily huddles it sounds like how how frequently do you do more in-depth training on how to run the service call and maybe some role playing or, or what do you guys do well my training at the beginning was just that no <laughs> Make throw them to the wolves and say, figure it out. <laughs> Look, just call me if you have any problems. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See how no, much you've grown since then, Daniel. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So now it's you know, we're we're getting we are putting together training the for February. Uh, but we do, you know, we've sent everybody to service essentials, uh, majority oh, of the great. guys to uh advanced electricity. Oh, wow. Um That's great. That's an we're, investment. Yeah. Yeah, we're LA members, so we we um we we have we just pay monthly for that or weekly, and then sure. we get to to do as much as we want. Still got to fly them though. I mean, they're still they're out of the field. You know, that's a great commitment, but it, I'm sure it's it's born fruit. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a couple of them that are close enough for us to drive to, but yeah, you know, hotel stay. You know, but yeah. it's so worth it. I mean, you see their tickets go up right away and their closing rates go up right away. They have more confidence. Confidence. Yeah. And it is something that we need to do more of, you know, last, last year was insane. So, um, you know, got to get back into the groove of things. Sure. And, sure. And, but yeah, we have daily huddles. Um, we don't train as much as we, we used to on how to do it because they know a lot of it, but still you got to go back through and, um, you know, watch the videos. And so, yeah, we're, we do that. We don't have huddle every day as we, we have done. Um, mm -hmm. right now we're doing three days on two days off the other two days. They ju we just meet in the parking lot and see if anybody has any issues and let them roll. Yeah. Yeah. So it still sure. is kind of like a huddle, but you know, they're, there getting parts anyway. So it's just like, you know, see each other, say hi and, and roll on. I think that's a big part of it. I know people that have dispatched from homes and I, I, you know, I like the camaraderie of seeing people every day. I think there's something to that, you know, and you can, adjust, if something pops up, like you said, you can address it or, or it's just, you know, how, how'd you do, how you doing, how the kid's doing, that kind of stuff goes along. It just goes a long way to me, you know, so yeah. I, it's, a, it's a people business. You're serving people. It's good to see your people. But, uh, so I was going to ask about materials. So your guys stock their own trucks then every day. They just they know what they need. They use the day before, and they just go ahead and grab it right at that point. Um, so we don't have a warehouse. You know, I'm still out working out of my house. Oh, we, okay. Yeah, we we meet at the church for huddle. Okay. Uh, we have a conference room in there, and our material guy meets the guys up there. If it's a big install, then they do come back here. We do have a uh, we have a small warehouse basically yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh yeah so any replenishment stuff they get there at the church okay it's interesting 
All yeah, right. and that's that's uh, done every day. Um, mm -hmm. But big installs, they come back here and get get their parts. Okay. Uh, so yeah, you've done your best to keep them out of Home Depot. No, and I love everyone from Home Depot. They're friends of ours. Oh, but, they but they can go to Home Depot if they want, but they have to get approval. It, we do everything uh, at the counter. You know, they it's a text to approve. Yeah. And um, and and it goes through Home Depot. Um, yeah. But yeah, our our material percentage is really low. I know some people are are saying it's even over fourteen percent. I, I think we're around twelve percent. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. Well, and a lot of it is just lost man hours. You know, I I've talked to many people. They're like, oh, we'd have a great meeting, and then uh, another SGI member would be at uh, Home Depot. Like, oh, all your trucks are here. You're not making money right now. You know, <laughs> and yeah. that that issue, and that it becomes an issue. So. But if you make sure the truck the trucks are stacked right, that doesn't. There's no more I mean, hang out. There's there's they're, they're so strict about it. <laughs> I think they're a little too strict about it. I I you know because sometimes we have to wait to do an install that could have uh, you know you could just run to the store and get get that and go back and put it in. But they they're like no, we want to order. We get better pricing and and I don't argue with them too much on that. But yeah, it, and it you know there could be some pennies saved if they ran to the store and got it in some yeah. cases. Um, but the system they've got is going really well. So I try cool. not to mess with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you said system, I gotta ask, uh, you, you are a service line member, correct? Yeah. And how long have you had that in, in place? I guess that's about a um, year and a half. Oh, okay. Two, two years, two years. So not too terribly, too, not too terribly long. So. How's that helped uh, manage your techs and, and seeing what they're doing in the home and, and all that kind of stuff? It's awesome. Mm -hmm. I mean, we had service Titan, mm -hmm. which was awesome. It was more than we needed. Okay. It was hard to uh, really know that the numbers are accurate because everybody had to be doing things just right. Um, mm. And you know how it is unless you have like – Unless you have a perfect team, which I don't, I don't have a perfect, you know, we don't have a bunch of perfect people here. <laughs> uh, if, if, I'd I'm still looking for the per the company with the perfect people. So. Uh, oh man. Later, yeah, no, that doesn't exist. So one little step gets skipped in service Titan, and you, you know, you, you, it, it throws everything off, and I, and um, I just had a hard time with that, and not only that, but the cost of it. Yeah. And so we just saw the 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 difference would be that we'd have the essentials, what we need. Yeah. And, and then it's, uh, the price was like, yeah, that's a no brainer. So <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's, it's been really good and it does everything that we needed to do. Mm -hmm. um, now what do you, what do you use it for specifically? Cause there's lots of bells and whistles. You can use as much or as little. What, what, how do you use it on a daily basis? Uh, we use it as a CRM, obviously, mm -hmm. and then uh, you know we all of our replenishment goes through there. Okay. And so the costing of that goes through there. The install jobs we use an Excel spreadsheet for because those are much bigger lists, and so we want to do all that. Uh, sure. Get, get a really good list through that, but um, yeah, we use it for. I, I do use it to look at numbers for each job. Yeah. You know, sometimes. I want to use it for payroll, but we're not there yet because we do a piece rate uh, base pay. Oh, and, okay. 
I have to ask about that in a minute. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so we've we're we're working on that right now. We're working on that with Service Line to try to get it right. Um, uh, let's see what what else do we use it for? Of course, we get all the reports from it. Sure. Um, I do get my you know I look at the assignment report. I look at uh, the we get the DME, so I don't need it from Service Line. Yeah. Um, I look at all of the closing, uh, the averages and the calls and, you know, the fact that it records all the calls and attaches it to the job, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, the all the closing percentages on the call side, on the service side, uh, you know, all that stuff. That's great. That's great. Okay. Now I, I got to follow up. So you got, so you do pay on, on piece rate. That's, that's great. Is yeah. that always been the play, been, been the case or, or was that a, a newer change or when did you get into that? We started doing that middle of last year. Middle of last year. How now? So that's so. There's a lot of people that want to do it and get nervous to do it because yeah. they're worried about how people the techs will respond. So how did you, how did you make the transition? How did you communicate it to them and, and see that it's to their advantage? So one of our techs was getting ready to uh, was an apprentice getting ready to become a tech, mm -hmm. and he really wanted us to give him a shot. And, and so, and he asked for a raise and I said, you know, I'm willing to give you a shot, but I think the raise is going to be limiting you. Mm -hmm. And what we've talked about doing is going to a piece rate pay. And what I'd like to do is, is test you on it. Interesting. And if it doesn't work out, then we'll make it right with you. Uh, but I promise you it's going to work out for you. You're going to do better than what you're even asking from us. Yeah. So, um, I think he wanted to make like 17 an hour. He was making 15 an hour or something like that. Yeah. And so I said, I guarantee it's going to work for you. So he gave it a shot. Let me tell you, he makes more money than all of the other techs. At least that's really, yeah. The last few weeks he's been doing better than all of them. <clears throat> um, but I was able to take that, what he did as a brand new guy, show it to the all other guys and say, you know, wouldn't you like to make this kind of money? You know, he was making, you know, 15 or 16 an hour to 25, 30, $40 an hour sometimes. Yeah. Um, and I said, you know, this is the kind of money you'll make on piece rate. Yeah. So there was, there's one guy that didn't like it. Always. <laughs> yeah. Um, but everybody else is like, I want to do that. And so, yeah. um, we just set the deadline. We uh, we did go to a bi-weekly pay at the same time. Okay. Um, and we're probably going to switch back to weekly now. We are going to switch back to weekly. We just decided that today. Um, the guys want to be paid weekly. Um, and so then I told them also, uh, we're going to promise that you won't go below 17 an hour. Okay. So it's that's low for our area, you know, sure. and, and – I would say a, a good electrician, just to give you an idea, probably makes about 25 an hour here. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> a, a, a licensed electrician, you mm -hmm. know, there's a lot of people that don't have licenses that are, are electricians. So that kind of plays a part too. But um, so we told them, you know, guaranteed 17 an hour. Um, and that's because we don't want you to make 17 an hour but we don't want you to be hurt if you're, if you have a bad week. 
Yeah. Um, oh, and just to, to let you know, the guy's name is Don. Don's been doing it since February last year. He's hit that minimum one time. Is that right? In that yeah. year. Yeah. And so we guaranteed him that 17 an hour, and a couple of the guys have hit it once in that mm -hmm. time frame. Um, but then they wanted to go to weekly and I said, you know, we can go to weekly, but we can't, we can say, we'll give you 17 an hour, but we will have to loan you the difference. Okay. Because the biweekly gives you a safety net and yeah. if they have a bad week, they can make it up with a good week and you don't sure. have to, you know, but, but we would be taking that safety net away if, if we went to back to weekly. And so sure. we got that idea from Jeff Katz. Yeah, that, uh, he says they barely ever hit the minimum, but um, if they do, then we'll loan them the difference to make up for it, and then they have to pay it back. Um, okay. So that's when we introduced that. They all said, one guy said, I don't know if I like that, but they eventually yeah. they all said, yeah, let's do it. So we're gonna yeah. go to weekly pay. That's great. That's great. Very cool. That's a, like I said, that's a big topic. So I had to ask about that. Um, all right, I got a couple more things where I know we're hitting 60 minutes. I hope it's all right. Uh, they're two big topics. One, one I'll, I'll lead off with the big boy. The big boy. You said most of your techs are homegrown. So where where are you finding these? I'm assuming younger people or, or hungry people. Where 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 are you? But most of them coming from what kind of industries? What kind of background? Uh, the, the latest guy came from Chick Fil A. <laughs> um, let's see. The guy before that was a friend of my son's. Mm -hmm. Really, I mean, just phenomenal mechanic working on cars at, you know, 16 years old and, and oh, perfect going deep into it, you know. Yeah. Um, let's see. The uh, I mean, you, you're going to you kind of got to give people a chance just to see how they do. It's yeah. really easy to find an apprentice. OK. And Facebook is a great place. We just throw it out there, or you actually do Facebook ads and say we're looking for apprentices. Yeah, we do Facebook ads. Okay. Matter of fact, that's probably where we've gotten most of our, even the technicians. Uh, and we took a we took a play from West Carver where we did an ad for a, uh, a service manager to get mm. applications for service technicians. Hmm. I don't know if I knew West did that. Okay. So um, a lot of people are not qualified. You, you can put in an ad for a service tech yeah, and you get a thousand applications for, for people who've never done electrical work. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're asking for an electrician and they've never, so you make an ad for an electrician, you're going to get apprentices. Yeah. Right. Um, so you do the manager and you get electricians. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> and you go, Hey, we can make more money as doing what you're doing now, just come over here and do it. Exactly. Yeah. And that's interesting. it works really well. Um, they're not qualified to be managers. I found one applicant that was, uh, that qualified. Okay. Um, to be a manager. Um, but he does all commercial. Mm, yeah. So it's hard to transition from that. Sure. Sure. So you said, okay, of the six, four were internal. They, they, you grew them green and yeah. two, two. So the two that did not, you did not grow from the ground up. How did you ensure or feel comfortable that they knew what they were doing technically? What do you do to try and test people or 
or see what their capabilities are because of the licensing rules you have to deal with? Well, um, so Deontay was with us before SGI. He came from a company that does does it this way. Okay. Uh, they don't do it SGI way. They they do it another way. They're called Michael and Sons, big company out of uh, DC. Mm -hmm. And um, but yeah, we used I used to make my own tests. Okay. Um, and now we use the tests on the hub. Okay. Yep. Um, you can see real quick. I'm like, uh, you're not really an electrician. <laughs> you're a yeah. liar. Man, we've had some doozies too. Like a guy that said, "I know how to do all that," and we didn't give him a test, and he and we hired him, and then he didn't know anything about electrical work, and yeah, um, so he didn't he didn't make it. Sure, that happens. We offered to let him go back, go to an apprentice, you know, position. Yeah, and he didn't take it. So, sure. well, that's because he got hired somewhere else to do yeah. to be someone else's headache. Um, <laughs> Hey, that's just what it is. That's what it is. So, so your apprentices then you hire. How long will they typically ride along and, and uh, go through the training and you know watch and learn before you, you typically they can end up in their own, running their own truck? Our goal is to uh, train them for at least a year, mm -hmm. and then we can let them run P four calls or P three calls. Sure. Uh, because you know if it's a light fixture or you know something small that's something they can do or we'll let them do installs mm -hmm. um but yeah they would graduate to a level of, of a point to where they can start running calls they have to be in the apprenticeship going to school okay uh, and and then they'll we'll let them run some calls some of the less priority calls okay so your dispatcher does a good job making sure to prioritize those calls and make sure he doesn't end up on a 80 year old home with an old, you know, an old, old panel, you know, Federal Pacific, something like that. Oh, you, yes. get them on, you get them on the light ones. Yeah, that's great. That's really good. Um, club memberships. You, that's how you got into this thing to begin with. And I haven't asked about it. So it um, sounds like that's a big uh, safety and savings plan. Is that what you use or have you created your own? Yeah, it's a safety and savings plan. Very good. We have uh, we have one that's uh, that and a gen and generators combined. Then we have okay. one just generators, um, just a generator. Okay. And um, yeah, I think we have like I don't know six hundred club members now or something like that. Wow, that's great. That's fantastic. So how are you how are you doing that? Is it just included in every option? When you present options or how are your guys selling it? I'm sure they're not. I mean, are they just using it as a discount vehicle or are they, have you trained them real, where they really hammer home the benefits of it? And, you know, the peace of mind and all that, or, or how do you, how do you guys, you know, having such success with it? I've always told them, you know, never focus on the, the discount. It's always, um, you know, pick your two favorite aspects of it. Okay. And talk about those two things. Um, the the discount is the icing on the cake okay um i when i start I, when i started tracking those lead indicators yeah you know putting the value and everything in the in the uh options what i think i'm going to start doing is including the membership on the top option okay um, and then letting the other two just be without the membership and if they okay. want to 
it in there, they could. Um, but I haven't, you know, fully decided on that yet. So that's not something that you write routinely build into your options right now. The club no, membership. Wow. And you're, and you're still having that kind of great success. Hey, selling when those guys are on piece rate and it takes, 50 ah, yeah. off, uh, they're losing out. So a lot of times they don't want to, they don't want to talk about it, but it, it, I've got one guy that never talks about it. Uh -huh. um, and then, you know, the rest of them, they do pretty good. Um, so yeah, I, I think we had we had 16 new club members last month. Of uh, it, it averages right around 15 a month we get mm -hmm. new clubs. Okay. Now, what are the how are the warranties different? I mean, what do you what do you guys do with your plan in terms of enhanced warranties and stuff like that with your plan? It's one year. Uh, I'm sorry, two years for a club okay. member, and then lifetime warranty on. You do the lifetime. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. All right. As long as they, they hold that. How, um, so how are you managing that to make sure you get to all, all 600 homes in, in a year? Are you, do you, do you let rely on them to call you? I, I know some people have different methodologies to, to, to manage that. What do you, are you, do you, are you traditionally slow at certain times and you just stack them up or, or how do you, how do you handle, handle that? You want to hear the history of that? <laughs> <laughs> I got time if you do. It used to be that we would take all of the forms that they had filled out. I put them in a file folder and yep. then I told the lady that was the CSR at the time, you know, right on the back of the piece of paper when you called them and when the next time was booked. And oh, that's how yeah. we did it for a while. And yeah. and then Service Titan started tracking it. And then now Service Line, um, we use a uh, we use a spreadsheet that tracks all of the inspections and everything and okay. when they're due. Um, and so we call them now over the last year because things people are kind of funny about having you come in. Um, yeah. it, it, we haven't been able to get all of we're not all caught up, but sure. we have man, we have a load to, of calls that we could run right now. Yeah. Just off of those club memberships. Uh, but we're constantly, yeah, calling them, trying to set them up. Whoever That's will great. let us come, that we'll we do it. That's great. Because you track your numbers, have you noticed that your average tickets and closing percentages are better on those club calls versus just uh, Joe that calls you to install a ceiling fan or a new outlet? Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I want yeah. people. I, I want people to hear that because I I don't know that I've ever heard someone say no. They always it's because you have that relationship. They trust you, right? You know. Oh man, if people knew that the secret, that secret right there that never joined, you know, you're talking about a guy going out making $250 on a call mm -hmm. and maybe getting called again. You don't know it yeah. versus, uh, you know, we sign up a customer and, and they stick with us for a few years and it turns into $20,000, you know, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Right. Crazy, crazy. And they're right. paying you to be their your customer. Right. Um, is it those those rewire jobs and the or the generator? They finally go, you know, I do trust these guys. I am going to invest in my home. They've talked about it. They don't push it, but they've talked about it. This is something we should consider. And they've they've molded over for six months and go, okay, we should do that. It's kind of funny how that stuff happens. Yeah. Yeah. Panel package, uh, rewires or Redevices, um, or we we do this thing called a panel rejuvenation. Okay. Some cases, some specific cases. Um, yeah, I mean, or generator. Yeah. Yeah, 
you know, our generators, I think we just sold one that was 17,000 and this, you know, our market, it's a lot of companies are cheaper than that, you know, mm -hmm. but you have a member that wants to come to you and for the generator because they know they trust you and, and they're going to, and you're going to do it right. Yeah. So they're willing to spend extra money for that. Sure. Sure. That's a big, that's a big purchase. You want, you want to make it right. I, I, I get that for sure. Yeah. And you've earned that trust, but it all yeah. starts with that club membership and getting in front of them, you know. So and you, the installation is going to be the best. Yeah. You know, my guy, we have one guy who does the installs and okay. he's been to all the training and, um, and it's going to be done right. Yeah. Every single time. That's awesome. And he's a guy that we trained on our own. Is that right? Yeah. From and does he do, does he only do generator work or does he do other stuff as well? He does it all. Okay, he does it all. He just showed a, a talent and that you said, let's go ahead and, and invest into that talent. Yeah, I mean, at 16 years old, he was a manager, a maintenance manager at a, at, at a facility. Wow. At 16. Uh, his dad taught him everything. His dad passed away when he was really, really young. Uh, like, okay. I think he passed away at 15 when he was So 15. he had to grow up. Yeah. He had to grow up really fast. Um, and he just, he was a diesel mechanic when we hired him. I want to say he was 18 when we hired him. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, man, he just, uh, he, as far as mechanics go, he's just as good as they come. That's cool. He doesn't feel super confident when it comes to dealing with the customer all the time. Sure. Uh, but I told him, you know, he was going to play professional ball until he blew his arm out. Really? That's interesting. And and I was like, man, I said, you got it in you there. Yeah. You know, all you got to do, you know, that's a mindset and that's heart. Great and baseball players don't lack confidence. So yeah, yeah you got it somewhere. Yeah, you're right. I said, yeah. once you, if you've got that, I can't train you on that. If you've got that, there's no limit to what you, to where you can go with yeah. us. Yeah. And uh, the company that he came from was at the shipyard and, yeah. uh, and they threw him out, man. Mm. Uh, didn't see his potential and I snatched him up and I was like, dude, come on. Yes. That's great. That's great. You poured into him and he's, he's, you know, he's doing some great work for you. That's very cool. That's the neat part of this industry. Seeing people blossom, you know, I enjoy seeing members do it and you guys get to see young people or just hungry people take advantage of opportunity mm -hmm. and doing it the right way. That's awesome. All right. Uh, Dan, I've taken so much of your time more than I, I expected, but you, you were, Great answers, but let's let's kind of put a bow on it. What what do you what do you see for the future for yourself for Asbury Electric? Where where do you want to take this thing in five or ten years? Do you have any any grand plans, or you just want to keep growing 20 percent a year? What do you think? Uh, my vision is to be the largest, most successful electrical company on the East Coast. Um, I know Jeff probably has something to say. About that. <laughs> I know I got to get him on. I, I, he's probably going to be mad at me, but yeah, you got two great operators. Yeah. I would never do anything to uh, compromise what they're doing out there in Baltimore. Um, yeah. So, you know, if we have to draw a circle around his service area <laughs> or everywhere else um, <clears throat> or West Carver up in PA, yeah. all those guys, they're like really good friends of mine, but that was the goal that was uh, put in my head and, and, uh, you know, we're going to start out by trying to open up two more offices uh, about an hour away from here. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, right now, we're just 
you know, I've got it made at, at where we're at in this house because the company's paying my, uh, you know, it's my mortgage is going to be paid off in no time because, uh, you know, we'll pay rent here and everything. Sure. And, sure. Um, but we're going to we're going to get an office because we need to and, yeah. and and get out of the house and, and then we'll move on to Virginia Beach and then we're going to go up to Richmond. And but the pro, once the processes are, you know, really solid, everything else, you know, you just got to find some good people and, and teach the processes. And it really is. Yeah. Uh, it should go like wildfire. That's cool. That's cool. All right. La very last question is any advice you'd have for just other SGI members uh, or any, you know, we've got a lot of people that aren't members that, that are contractors and just want to learn on just how, you know, things you would have done differently or wish you'd done faster or just anything in, in kind of wrapping up you'd like to impart to those listening or watching. Um, so, uh, you know, if you're not, if you're not doing anything, you know, do something because <laughs> I've taken both sides. Yeah, it's, true. it's like, you know, if, if you're, if you're kind of on the fence about stuff and it's slowing you down, stop that Yeah. And, and, and get doing something, whatever it is you think might be the best thing to start on. And, and then if you're trying to do too much, you know, back it off because your guys are probably going to be frustrated with that and, and, maybe try to focus on one or two things at a time. Yeah. And uh, the key, one of the key things that I always remind myself, and I really love the, 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 the saying that somebody taught me was it's never as good as it seems. It's never as bad as it seems. It just seems that way. Yeah. yeah. And all that means is, you know, sometimes you may be doing really good and sometimes it may, you may feel like you're doing really bad. Uh, but in both cases, don't let your head get out of the, out of the vision, you know, always yeah. keep, vision and and don't let it affect you too much either way yeah yeah that's good what do you what do you think about i mean i don't know how much you think about it but listening to your story where you came from guy just hustling trying different things right you, you had that ambition you could tell because you you're trying all these different outlets and jobs and to see where where the business is now and where it's headed how how neat is that do you ever take a minute to kind of think about that Oh yeah. I think about that all the time. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I remember, uh, I tell this story a lot when I was, when I was starting out and I had one apprentice and I, uh, I might've had two apprentices and, and I had, um, I was just working my butt off and I couldn't pay the bills. And, um, you know, I just remember praying to God that I trust in you. I trust in you. And, and, and I would have miracle after miracle happen uh, yeah. from that. I, I remember just no hope, not knowing I couldn't pay the bills and going home and open up the mailbox and there's checks in the mailbox and checks that I didn't like, I didn't even, uh, they were from a job that I had before I even started my business, mm. you know? So, you know, uh, I guess what I wanted to say was, you know, trust in God, have faith, yeah. and it's going to work out for you. I don't yeah. know if I answered the question or not. That's good. Well, whatever you said is is, is what it was meant to be. That's good. I like it. <laughs> so, Fred, so Fred doesn't think you're crazy quite as much anymore. Maybe still a little bit because he's father-in-law, but but he doesn't think you're com completely crazy anymore. No, <laughs> man, we have such a great relationship. Oh, my gosh. And, I, and we used to fight like crazy. Oh, yeah. Sure. I told 
we were he was in a huddle one time and he said man this stuff it's too expensive <laughs> he's undercutting you right there in front of everybody i said uh, fred you can get out <laughs> <laughs> yeah you guys are stuck with each other oh that's funny <laughs> oh man oh, no we I mean, it, it, yeah, dude, we've been through a lot it, and it's been challenging, but man, it's been, it, what, what growth and like, like, um, like Gus says, you know, we're not here doing electrical work. We're, we're developing people. Yeah. That's it. You know? And, and yeah. when you look at it like that, it just makes you think a little bit harder about the importance of how you treat people and how you, um, uh, you recognize where you're at and what you should, what you need to be doing because it's not all about the money or the electrical work or anything. It's about growing people and yeah, um, helping everybody become better. Yeah, you're growing, so they're growing, right? I, I think yeah. it's uh, it all it all works together like that. Well, awesome. Well, Daniel, thank you so much for for more than an hour, but I really enjoyed talking to you, and I think people are going to really enjoy this interview. So, thank you, sir. I, I really appreciate it. You're welcome, man. Anytime. That's Daniel Smith of Asbury Electric in Gloucester, Virginia. Thanks for joining us. If you feel like you have a great story worth sharing that would also help other contractors, email me at bhouchin at yoursgi.com. Also, if you enjoyed today's show, if you're on YouTube, give us a like and subscribe. If you're on your favorite podcast player, please leave us a five-star review. And please join us for future episodes. It's my promise to you that we will continue to interview successful contractors and other influential individuals in the residential contracting world. This has been The Successful Contractor, powered by Success Group International. Support for this podcast comes from Staples. Staples is the leading provider of office supplies offering a vast selection of products and services. Over the last two years, Staples has also become one of America's largest janitorial suppliers as well. From your everyday business essentials to your office furniture, printing, facilities, and break room, Staples can do it all. Staples offers benefits to help create efficiencies in procurement and consolidate vendors to streamline internal processes. Visit www.staplesadvantage.com to learn more. The Successful Contractor Podcast is part of the Success Group International family. SGI is the largest member-owned best practices organization for independent residential services contractors. SGI provides its members a competitive edge through proven proprietary management tools and expertise, marketing programs, training, and group buying power, along with a highly active and eager to help membership. For more information about Success Group International, visit www.yoursgi.com. <music>